All right. Well, once again, welcome to the Unity Center for Positive Living. I'd like to read to you from today's daily word, focus. I focus on the world I wish to see. My wish is to live in a world of beauty and wonder, filled with kindness and gentleness. I focus my thoughts on those qualities, allowing them to fill my mind and my heart. As my thoughts of beauty and harmony grow, they begin to crowd out troublesome concerns about conflict and discord. I am present to the world as it is, yet I remain mindful of its changeability and impermanence. I focus my attention on that which is changeless, the love, peace, and perfection of spirit all around me and always within. I am never at the mercy of present circumstances, no matter how troubling, when I can focus my attention on all that is right and true. By focusing on the divine love, peace, and perfection, I help manifest them in the world. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are of the earth. And this morning, we are going to do the acapella version of Shirley the Presence. Ready? Surely the presence of God's love is in this place. I can feel my power and the grace. I can feel the rush of angel wings. I see glory on each face. Surely the presence of God's love is in this place. Thank you, Paul. We do have that on CD. I didn't even think about it. <laughs> well, and and we do have Eileen here. Yay. She doesn't have a microphone. I didn't think about that. <laughs> we do not need the All I Need show today. Thank you. Well, maybe we do. Give her a mic. Maybe we do. We will. Um, all right. Now let's say our opening statement together. There is one presence and one power active as the universe and as my life. God, the good. Now, please stand and join us while we have John and Sherry read us in our opening song, Let's Live in Harmony. This is the pinnacle of all that's critical. To know that we are not on Zoom, so we have to leave. And our life has just begun. Don't mute for no Yes. 
John and Sherry. Thank you, Eileen. That was great. Um, and now that we are back in the center and online with Zoom, let's greet each other uh, in whatever manner you feel comfortable on Zoom. Just turn on gallery view to see us all there. And you can wait and acknowledge us. I wanted to welcome Rick. So Rick, can you tell us where you, why you're here, where you came from, the whole story? Uh, the whole story. Uh, I live in Chehalis, but we're by the high school in Chehalis. Uh -huh. And I uh, moved here uh, three years ago from uh, from Tampa. Whoa. Where, yeah, where my, yeah, where my sister and I were members of Humanity uh, Tampa. So, oh. it's great to be here. so this, is, this is probably a little bit different than you in Tampa. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. That's <laughs> quite all right. Okay. It's all, good. It's all right. Well, thank you, man. Thanks, good to see you. Good to see you. All right. And you're okay with the hugs. We like the Jenny's hugs. here. Okay. It's about as warm as Tampa. And Jerry's here. <laughs> and Susan's here. And Vernon's here. More of you should come and visit. We're all here. Yeah, kind of. Are you having fun in your walk-in closet? Oh, yeah. yeah. I love it. So where did you move? Where did you move? Hello, Jim. sending out the weekly notice of upcoming events, uh, including those by Grandfather Roy Wilson, who recently celebrated his 95th So as you can tell, we really, really need our musicians back, please. Um, okay. All right, this is what happened. Um, all right, so as I said, uh, Dr. Daria is not till the second week in August, and grandfather's also not until the second week in August. So we're good there. Um, Susan, you got your hand raised. I do. Wow, this is really cool. I get to stand up and Susan raises her hand. For those who don't know, Susan was a teacher for 
many, many years in Centralia School. Now I'm a student. Uh, we have a need for th uh, three readers this month. When? When? Next week, the following week, and the week after that. All right. So I would imagine that amongst all of you, there, there's something that you're going to read next week. And. Uh oh. And. Anyway, you could say that you can read from Zoom. No problem. And yes, you can read. Yes, you can read from your home. Probably the air-conditioned home. Um, next couple, next three weeks. So we're good. You guys have come to my. What's the reading? So she's got an answer. Penny's got an answer. It's just a short reading of your choice. It's like. Oh, I just want to throw out a quick shout out to Johnny for our roof work that he has been doing over here in the heat the last few weeks. Yeah. Oh my God. So yeah. once we got the, the big roof replaced, Johnny has been working on replacing the small roof over here, which included also ripping off a good amount of the underlayment and cutting into things. And he has done an amazing job. We became a page. And lifted. He and I lifted tabs, uh, the roofing tabs up there. Thank you, Tom. Those things are heavy. But John has been moving them all around the little roof, and he's got what? What do you have left to do? Anything? A little box on the stairs. It's been a source of our trouble all these years. And that's it. Taking advantage of the lack of moisture <laughs> um, and still making it happen in the ninety-five degree weather. Oh, yeah. Yay, Johnny. Woo! Okay. Camera me. Yeah. And Fanny. I do. I want, I want to be on camera. Oh, you can see my face. You're going to have to step in. Slide all the way back to the. To the <laughs> Your face is too big. It won't fit. Okay. <laughs> no, you're good. Whoa, whoa. I'll just talk. Oh, okay. okay. So I um, got a place for camping down at Paradise Point State Park on August 23rd. And I would like to invite everybody down there at some point during the 23rd or 24th to camp with me. But on the 23rd, here's the big deal. I am meeting up with Irene and her husband. So it's going to be my chance to meet Irene. We're going to bring some camping accessibility equipment. So this is going to be a, a big adventure in camping with accessible things. He has a some sort of chair that's ORV and has tracks on it like a tractor and he can big tripod that I put a um, belt on and I can stand it in the creek or in the river and do do things but other than that on the 23rd we're going to picnic down there and I'd like everyone that can to join me down there it's about an hour and 15 minutes you think Susan you know what I have the wrong campground in okay but I do believe it's about an hour 15 minutes yeah. south of here between uh, Portland and and us so put it on your calendar, the 23rd, if uh, we could arrange rides or whatever. 
it would just be nice to get out of town for the day and call it a unity picnic. And see yeah. Irene and her husband. Yeah, too. yeah, Irene is like the unknown person. She's been with us for two or three years now and, and uh, a lot of folks have never met her. So that would be, that would be wonderful. All right, thank you. So do mark the 23rd on your calendar and, and let's make that happen. Um, any other announcements? If we have Zoomers that want to make an announcement, please text or the chat, chat. the chat feature. All right. So then please join us in our unity statement and we'll say that together. Okay. We believe in our oneness with all life and the power of love. We trust universal principles and values as sought by Jesus and others, revealing the one God presence. We practice prayer, meditation, and service to be conscious of our oneness in God. And for our song of joy. Sherry and John will lead us. Please stand up and sing Happy Days Are Here With Us. Thank you. 
Unlimited. I am an unlimited spiritual being. Throughout my life, I have discovered the limits of my body and mind. During periods of hard work or vigorous exercise, I have felt my muscles grow tired. After challenging periods spent wrestling with problems and working out solutions, my mind has grown weary. There is a part of me, however, that is always without limitation. Just as God is unlimited, my divine nature, the Christ within, can never tire or grow weary. When I live from this awareness and regularly replenish myself through spiritual self-care, I discover renewed stamina and creative energy. Like a fountain that never runs dry, the power of God is infinite. This power is mine to draw upon as often as I choose. I am unlimited, strong, and powerful in God. And from Luke 1, 37, for nothing will be impossible with God. I am unlimited. Thank you, Susan. There are no chains that bind me. Thank you, Susan. And... Please join us once as John and Sherry lead us in our meditation song, Open My Eyes, Lord. <coughs> Living. 
Please join me. I am the love of God in expression. I am truly thankful for all the good I already experienced. I am growing more prosperous with every day. I am healthy, active, whole, and happy. I am always growing and expanding into the fulfillment of my potential. I am at peace. Knowing everything I need comes to me in the perfect time and in the perfect way. Okay. Well, the traditional Lord's Prayer. All right. Okay. Here we go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And leave us not in temptation, and deliver us from error. For thine is the kingdom, the power, 
and the glory of God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Yes, and we're again doing the acapella of the Alleluia. So let's do that. Alleluia. 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 Thank you. And we are privileged to have a different speaker each Sunday of the month. We are honored and blessed this Sunday as Eileen Selleck returns to our sanctuary to share truth and light in another of her teachings this year, the theme being living in gratitude. which is evidenced in my classroom that I have spent a great deal of time moving things about as I prepare in my new classroom, in my new school, in my new space. And yes, it's kind of crazy. So ladies and gentlemen, as Tom mentioned, we are continuing with our Living in Gratitude um, by Angelis Arian. And this month um, talks about nature, right? And in case you don't know, Okay. And I just found where my sentences disappeared to while I was typing. They decided to go to the very top of my page. So hopefully we'll figure out where those were. This is great. All right. So um, as it turns out, I'm missing pages. Last page. That's what happened. The printer, there we go. All right. Backwards. It is a day of all kinds of fun, right? It is. Yeah, Tom, we're good. All right. Now this makes more sense as I look at the first word on my page says July. Yay. All right. So July, we're going to have some history lessons today, just fair warning. Okay. So July is named for Julius Caesar. All right. And so he created the Julian calendar in 46 BC. Julius Caesar created the calendar with the year starting in January and lasting 12 months, having 365 days. Sound familiar? All right, good, good. Now, my textbook that I use with my sixth grade students says that our calendar is based in part on the Julian calendar. And they always get thrown off because they assume that means that we have the Julian calendar, when in fact, we use what's referred to as the Gregorian calendar. All right, so the Gregorian calendar was put together by Pope Gregory, um, and we have Pope Gregory the 13th in 1582, what we would call AD 1582. All right, so that's a long time after Julius Caesar started his calendar in 46 BC, what we would refer to as before Christ, right? So the reason why we had to have this new calendar created that is oh so similar to the Julian calendar is because the Julian calendar had a problem. And it's the same problem 
that the Gregorian calendar also faced, but they found a fix for it. And that is that we lost time. Does anybody know why we lose time on a 365 day calendar? Well, that is because we actually have 365 and one quarter days in our year. That's what it comes out to, 365 and one quarter day. So how often do we have leap years? Every four years. Every four years. For every 365 and one quarter days, we have to have an extra day added on to make up for the lost time in the calendar. The wow. Julian calendar did this. However, they found that over time, they still lost time. And that's because of this whole wonky thing. So the Gregorian calendar fixed it. And every 400 years, I think it was every 400 years, every century divisible by 400 does not happen. Oh. Okay. It is craziness. <laughs> All right. So the Gregorian calendar slightly tweaked the Julian calendar in order to make up for this lost time. And of course, added the BC and AD and created that designation of time that creates that timeline where you have like negative numbers almost like when you go to BC. All right, so BC being before Christ. And AD, ladies and gentlemen, does not stand for after death. <laughs> okay, this is a very common misconception. It does not stand for after death. If it stood for after death, we would lose track of that 30 odd years that Christ was actually alive. Okay, what does it stand okay. for? So it stands for Anno Domini, which is in the year of the Lord. <gasps> so every year from the birth of Christ forward is a year of the Lord. All right, so there is your history lesson on calendars. And we are grateful. And I mention it because our lovely author starts with talking about July and the name of July and where it comes from. She talked about the Julian calendar, and I thought, Psh, people, just so we do not have any further confusion, we need to make sure that we fully understand Julian versus Gregorian calendar. All right? <coughs> Trips up six. All right. So we have our BC, we have our AD, and it has absolutely nothing to do with our talk on gratitude today. But we had to launch into it because that's how we started the chapter, okay? So we're gonna end the mini lesson for now. So all this calendar talk aside, let's get back to gratitude. We are now in the second half of our gratitude journey as we are now, you know, all the way through July. So we're a little late to the game on our July talk, but that's okay. The month of July is of particular importance in the United States, okay? And that is because this is when we celebrate the signing of the Declaration of Independence and the All Things Freedom. We're gonna have some further history lesson though, just bear on warning, okay? All right, so this is meant as a time of honoring our freedoms and our civil rights. This focus on freedom affords us the opportunity to reflect on our own independence, and how we foster the spirit of self-sufficiency and freedom within ourselves and others. In our modern times, we cannot talk about the celebration of freedom without taking a moment of acknowledging that the Declaration of Independence did not actually bring freedom equally to all people. Right. All right, so let's take a moment to talk about that. The signing of the document 
did not give women or people of color um, equal consideration. Okay. All peoples, okay. Okay. So women did not experience the freedom and that men did. Slaves did not experience the freedom. And slavery was not ended yet. All right. It was not until June 19, 1865, that slavery was effectively ended in the United States. And that is two and a half years after the Emancipation Proclamation was signed that legally freed the slaves, just in FYI. All right. However, it took an additional two years for voting rights to be fully secured for people of color with the passing of the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment. The 15th Amendment stating, in which stated that um, voting rights could not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state, because we have some problems with that, any state on account of race, color, or previous condition of servitude. Right, but hold up. So I mentioned women too. So this is a particular interest to me. All right. So in 1867, we had the fabulous amendments that gave our previous slaves voting rights. 19th Amendment, four amendments later. All right. And 60-ish years later, the 19th Amendment granted American women the right to vote in August of 1920. Okay. So while we officially celebrate freedom in this country on July 4th, June 19th is Freedom Day or Juneteenth, and there is no official recognition of women's freedom in this same right of voting. Just throwing that out there. That is truly the end of our history lessons for today. So, so what's the date? August 18th. So, so that's coming up. It is coming up. It is. All right. Thank you, Irene. So there you go. History lessons for today. I'm, I can't wait for school to start again. <laughs> All right. So it seems that we have been leading up to this particular aspect of embracing nature for the last few months during our gratitude talks because I have been particularly preoccupied with spring and all things growing and all things nature, right? You've heard it. We're gonna continue down that thing today, right? So, with all the talk of spring and growth, we are now in full summer mode and Angelique Arian invites us to embrace nature, okay? And so, as we celebrate independence, natural law asserts a declaration of interdependence. Mother Nature's laws of governance include, one, everything in nature is constantly creating and diversifying. Two, everything has a purpose for its existence. And three, everything coexists and fosters the principles of interdependence. Right? As creatures of nature, we exist within these principles as well, regardless of how fiercely independent we believe ourselves to be. We have an innate need to create, to apply our gifts and talents, and to manifest in the world around us. We all have a purpose, whether we've discovered it or not. 
And we can only exist with interdependence. Nothing survives if it is fiercely independent or excessively dependent in a natural setting. In observing these natural laws, we can learn to appreciate the natural world around us. We can begin to see the play of interconnected parts and find our own place in it. As we find our place in the natural world, existing within the natural governance of Mother Earth, we must cultivate the four natural qualities of survival. Those include human attention, flexibility, resourcefulness, and patience. So we can observe these natural qualities in nature. I can do that. Big surprise, right? Okay, so for me, it has been most prominently evident in the activity of the birds around, okay? So we recently found yet another sparrow's nest. Um, they made a nest in one of the hanging flower baskets along the side of the house. Made it particularly difficult to water the flower basket. Just throwing that out there, okay? So that was a little scraggly right now. Okay, they demonstrated keen attention with how closely they monitored our actions. Okay? So we observed flexibility in their choice of nesting places. We had found a nest earlier in the season tucked along a branch out in the middle of the yard. Okay, it had been protected by the branches. It was a big branch, okay? It was a big branch, a big branch. And it was protected by the smaller branches off that bigger branch, right? So we moved this big branch in order to mow the lawn and discovered the time to So we covered it back up and so now they're in this hanging basket. So we have some flexibility. We could be up there, we could be up high. Who knows where else they are because there are birds everywhere and the evidence of them too. Okay, just for a minute. All right, so we have some flexibility. Their resourcefulness is seen in so many ways, but the one that we find most entertaining is how they keep us from finding their nest. Okay, so you got a mama bird and you got a dad bird. And you got these tiny baby birds here in their little nest up in our flower basket, right? And we've never actually seen them go into or out of the nest. They seem to see us first. They've got keen attention to detail, right? They seem to see us first. And then what happens is they both end up, one of them ends up usually on a tree branch, a little bit farther off. And one, I'm assuming it's the mama bird, okay, pops along the gutters. Hello, this is Beta. So sorry, Miss Penny. All right. So the other one, which I assume is the mama bird, is hopping along the gutters, all right? They make all kinds of racket and ruckus and noise. And they pop along and they I gotta have it closer. Speak directly. Is this all right? Okay. All right. So they hop along. They make all kinds of noise. They flutter about, and we sit there. And it's, I mean, people. Sometimes I think we are not so bright. Okay. Because my husband and I will sit there at the table on the back patio, and we will talk to these birds. Okay. 
John's like, what do you want? Love my attention. What do you want? What do you need? And then we watch them and we talk to them like they can hear us and understand us and that they're responding to us. And all they're doing is distracting us from noticing their little cheap cheeps over there in the, in the basket, right? And then the interesting thing happens. Eventually, we are no longer paying any attention to the birds. We've given up. They're not going to come talk to us. John sometimes puts his finger out, hoping that they're going to come land on his finger, that they're so keenly attuned to us that they want to come be with us. This is not the case. They want us to go away. So we stop paying attention, and then they disappear. We know where they went. We do. They don't think we do, but we do. All right? So we have that resourcefulness. And then let's see, where did I lose? I totally, like, they go to their nest in my hanging basket, Johnny. That's where they go. Okay. So it usually lasts a little while. We lose interest and then they make their way. And finally, we have patience. So we never saw them go straight to the nest, right? I mentioned that. We've never seen them actually go there because they're so patient with us, waiting for us to no longer care about them. And then they make their way. Oh, so slowly. There were no way to notice that they've disappeared. That's some patience. They have them survival skills down pat, and they got to because they're like this big, right? Out there in our yard. So, numerous worms. So, we have sometimes they come at us and they've got these little worms. They're all, John's like, where are they getting these? They're tiny little worms. They've got them hanging out of their mouth and they sit there and they wait. Hop along, burn. We have the worms like dying from their brains, right? And then they eventually, you know, we stop paying attention. And then we know what they've done with those worms. They've taken them to their little babies, their little cheek cheeks. And you know what? We're just, I'm, I'm really fascinated. They're not there very long. Those babies must grow quickly and get feathers quickly because we just noticed the nest a couple of weeks back and now it's empty. I was kind of trying to clean up the flower baskets yesterday. And they're gone now. So, only when it is safe do they go back. So we have that patience going on. As parents, we often give our children pets or plants to help them learn these basic qualities as well. How many of us got a pet so we have more responsibilities? Some of us still kill plants trying to learn responsibility. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I know, I'd appreciate that. So in caring for another living thing, children can learn to pay attention they can learn flexibility, they can learn resourcefulness, and patience. And this also serves to prepare children to attend to human relationships with the same care. Right? You're not just learning responsibility, you're also learning how to attend relationships. It's a magical thing. Developing these qualities also serves to teach the children about the natural governance of interdependence as they give and receive from the experience. You got a puppy, you got to take care of him or he dies. As long as he's alive, he does. Get a lot of love from that puppy as long as you keep him alive. So, as we grow, we take the lessons learned into cultivating our own personal growth. Whether we realize it or not, we know that we need to pay attention to our own needs, be flexible and patient with ourselves, and be resourceful in meeting our needs. Over the next few weeks, I invite you to consciously recognize these qualities in yourself and in your life. 
take time in nature to observe these qualities in action and notice and relish the aspects of nature that you deeply love. Right? So frequently I have heard grandfather talk in vision quests. Okay. And one day I will go on my own quest. I am determined to when I'm really fully comfortable doing that all on my own. Okay. But I plan to. It makes my heart swell to think of it. And sometimes I fantasize about what the experience might be like. I've been camping enough to know, though, that my fantasy is probably not real. It will probably be a lot less comfortable than I envision. Okay, just throw that out there. The vision quest in Native American practice um, is spending an extended time alone in nature to better understand both the internal and external workings um, before of nature and to learn to care for your own inner and outer nature. Job 12 verses seven through eight says, just ask the animals and they will teach you. Ask the birds of the sky and they will tell you, speak to the earth and it will instruct you. And that is what I seek is that time in nature to truly listen to the earth, the animals and the birds. Some time to myself to really reflect on that and learn from them. So how much time do you spend outdoors? And in nature. I know that I spend a lot more time outside now than I have for many, many years, and it has brought me a great deal of joy. How developed are your capacities of survival and attending to the survival of the natural world? I got me some survival skills, just so you know. <laughs> Evidenced by the get home bag in the trunk of my car. Yeah, I could sustain myself for days. All right, and has your awareness of the interdependence of all living beings been integrated into your actions? As we traverse through summer, the earth comes into its full abundance and beauty. Unless you don't like the heat, okay? The last few days have been pretty difficult for some of us. I do like my shade trees though, yes I do. We are called by God to care for the earth at this time and all throughout the year, as expressed in this line from the Jewish prayer. And he said, this is the beautiful world that I have given you. Take care of it. Do not ruin it. We've not done a very good job of that as people. Some of us take better care than others. So how do you care for the earth that is here to provide for our needs? How do we meet the needs of the earth? Paul Hawken, an author and social entrepreneur, has developed an online network called Wiser Earth. I had not heard of this before. Okay, so Wiser Earth. And this particular online network has quantified the global movement to attend to the earth's needs. So get this. There are 112,000 socially responsible organizations in 243 countries around the world. All right, and so these are all working toward environmental sustainability, indigenous rights, and social justice. So I looked it up. You can search for this wiser earth and you can find they're actually through the database of these organizations, which you can search up and you can find out about. 
So our natural spaces, the earth itself, are important for us for so many reasons and not just for basic physical survival, right? So that's where we get our food, water, air, all that jazz, right? So on my quad, <laughs> I have two different stickers and they say the same thing, but one of them has a Sasquatch on it and the other one has a tree. All right, and it says into the forest I go to lose my mind and to find my soul. Say that again. Into the forest I go to lose my mind and find my soul. Right? To disconnect from all of this and to reconnect right here. All right. And this is truly where I find my greatest joy is just help them most the trees. I don't ask people to come see my house. I ask them to come see my trees. It's legitimate. <laughs> you have to come see my trees. Who does that? That is so bizarre. <laughs> so this is evidenced in our determination to keep our little property as close to the natural state as possible, right? My love for the natural um, piece of it, okay? Because as you come down the private drive that comes to our house, you see the homes with their manicured lawns, with their lovely green lawns, with the sprinklers going at eight o'clock in the morning every day. And the old man out on his riding lawnmower three times a week. The pruned shrubberies, the beautiful flowers, and then you get to my house at the end with the glorious overgrown natural shrubs, the ginormous trees, and the weeds that are left to grow to their heart's content. And I have taken pictures of every species I can find and identify what they are, because some of them are oh so valuable in ways that we have forgotten as a people. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Just so you know, the neighbors say, oh, you got your work cut out for you. No, I don't. <laughs> because I'm not doing what you think I should do. My oak trees are not going to be surrounded by perfect grass with little tufts of white flowers growing up just around the base of them. All right. My blackberries are not going to be eradicated because then how do I get berries? <laughs> and dandelions. I was ecstatic to find a patch of true dandelions with the big lion tooth leaves, not the fake ones, but the big ones. All right. So just throwing that out there, I'm super stoked about the natural state of my property. So it turns out that in our fast-paced, primarily indoor existence, we are suffering from an actual condition called nature deficit. And it has been found that this generation in a single generation has led to a significant pointed increase in obesity, attention deficit disorder, and depression. Craziness, right? Do you know what the number one recommended way to overcome nature deficit is? What do you think, Penny? Go in nature. Dude, go in nature. They say an hour a day. Ooh, you can stand an hour a day out in nature. That will help with your nature deficit. Interacting with nature. This can be as simple as sitting in the yard to read while listening to the sounds around you. 
enjoying your dinner on the patio. And extra points if you take your shoes off, you put your feet on the earth, and you bury those toes in the grass. All right. Yeah, Tom. A little bit of wiggling of those toes. Get them dirty. Get them dirty. Unless it's out in the berry brambles. That's not fun. Just an FYI. Okay. So in the next few weeks, I am inviting you to work on reversing your nature deficit. And here are some gratitude practices to help you with that. Each week, take a resourceful action that supports tending to the natural environment in large or small ways, make a difference for increased ecological sustainability, whatever that means to you. Practice patience. Notice what or who triggers your patience or impatience and work to understand those reactions. Pray daily for the earth and all your relations. Spend a full hour outdoors every day. I think you could probably make up for it by spending an entire day outside. Create a nature journal. As you explore the outdoors, record the animals, birds, insects, flowers, and trees that you see. Keep a log of your favorite places. Notice what keeps capturing your imagination in the natural world. And whatever we pay attention to has meaning to us. Clearly those little birds have meaning to me. Form a group of earth keepers. I kind of like those that sound. All right, so Earth Keepers to meet regularly and work on environmental sustainability issues in your community and give gratitude for what you have learned from nature this month. So those are some practices. And as you contemplate your gratitude practices for the coming weeks, thanks to join me on an imaginary nature Okay? So ladies and gentlemen, join me with a deep breath. Close those eyes because we gotta have to imagine it because this room is not a nature one. Okay. All right. So deep breath, close your eyes, comfortable seat. So first we're gonna take a little ride in the car and we're gonna head out to the forest. I don't know about you, but I've spent a good bit of time in the capital forest, so that's where we're gonna go today. So we've gone together. We're going to go ahead and get out of the car and then the mind. Take a deep breath of the clean air and the forest and open your eyes to the world around you. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to listen and we're going to hear the clickety clackety of the branches long little shrubs in the big white trees and the rustling of the leaves. We've chosen to take a walk along the path in the creek because I like the water. So we can hear the bubbling and the swoosh of the creek overlaid with the rustling and the crackling and the snapping of the branches and the leaves. And overhead, all of the birds song. All of the birds. Listen. 
as we take our first step, we hear the crunch of the thin layer of gravel over the hard packed earth, and we feel the gravel roll under our feet while we feel the light breeze on our face. And we smell the dirt and the cleanness and the slightly sweet smell of the as we start on our walk. We're going to take a short loop today. And as we head down the path, because it goes in a downward slope, we continue to feel the gravel under our feet. We're going to take good solid steps so we don't slip. And we continue to hear all the wonderful sounds of nature around us. We hear a whistle, we hear a scurry, and we look at the path ahead of us as a squirrel goes darting by. He's heading from the creek and into the trees, and we continue down the path. And all of a sudden, the path takes a strong left turn towards the creek, but we don't panic because we know this particular path. It's not going to lead us into the water. It's going to take us over the water as we see the most delightful little rustic footbridge that goes over the creek. And as we've been going downhill slightly, we come to the base of the waterfall in our creek. And it's just a little creek, so it's just a little cascade, but we can feel the mist of it on our feet. And we can hear that slight crashing sound of the water. And we pause for a moment to look down and see the tiny little fish that are trying so desperately to swim up here. Their scales cause the sun to glisten and shine. And we take a deep breath and we continue on our path as we come up and along. And the other creek is on our I know it continues to be on our left hand side, and we hear a snap, a loud snap. And we look around, we see nothing. And then all of a sudden, crashing across our path is a beautiful deer, followed by a tiny little spotted fawn. And she pauses for a moment, this big deer, and she looks at us and she nods. And she continues on up the hill to our right. And the little one pauses and takes a tentative step in our direction. And then quickly flies up the hill with its mummy. And we continue on our path, experiencing all of the beauty of the nature around us. And all too soon, we get back to the car. And we take one more deep breath, knowing that we can return anytime we want and experience all of the beauty and all of the glory. So as we get back into the car, and head back here with us, go ahead and open up your eyes, take a wiggle around, and embrace the nature around you. Thank you. Thank you.
So when the, the temps drop a little bit today, it starts getting a little cool outside. Also just wanted to do a plug for the Nature Nurture Pharmacy with an F <clears throat> that is located behind the library in Chehalis. It's run by Dr. Alicia Spaulding, who is very much into um, using nature to do healing and is definitely of a earth protector and preservation person. So, so I, I really do invite you to check out their website. It's just the name. Nature Nurture Pharmacy with an app.org. Um, a lot of really good things going on there. All right. So, while we are here in spirit, I want to thank everyone who's donated to Unity, our center by mail. And just address that to 800 South Pearl Street, Centralia, Washington, 98531. You can also donate online on our website, unityofcentralia.net. All the way over on the right on the menus, donation button, click on that, and it will get you there. Most of all, we deeply appreciate each and every way, every moment, that you share your time, your talents, and even your treasure with all of us. Now, please hold your offering in your heart or in your hands, and let's all say our offering prayer together. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I have all that I give, all that I receive, and all that I am. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give a big thank you and shout out to Jerry, who is here every week collecting from the from the participants and, and making it happen. Thank you, Jerry. Yeah. All right. So now, if you'd like to focus our collective group healing energy for someone. No. Blessing of thanks. Uh oh. Blessing of thanks. Thank you, Susan. You know, almost made it through. Um, all right, let's say our blessing of thanks together. We bless these gifts and send them forth to heal, bless, and prosper. They are evidence of our faith and belief. They do good work in the world and return to us multiplied abundantly. 
and so it is. So, for our healing prayer, if you would like to focus our collective group healing energy for someone, please raise your hand and tell us who it is or hold them quietly in your heart. Any. I want to put out some healing energy for Terry of Dixie and Terry. Yes. Um, you know, Dixie went into a home or a home a facility where she's getting some care for memory issues. And Terry has is now without a place to live. So he's searching. And if we can put him in our hearts in our hands and helping with that journey. I know it can't be an easy one. Thank you, Penny. And for anyone who wants to, uh, Terry's got a new phone number. So let me get back to you, it is. If you let me have it, I'll update the directory. I've got a directory. Okay. Address as well. It is 520, 360 520 5973. So give him, do give him a call. Um, Terry, um, and I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Someone. Kuchinka. What is it? Kuchinka. Kuchinka. Okay. So yes, please do keep him in, in your hearts and in your prayers. And if you know of anyone who has a spare room or a place for him to stay, um, that would be a really good thing. Um, we also had members of our community have requested we send out healing prayers to the, the children, men, and women who are displaced by war or natural disaster. And the members of our community, including Terry, who must deal with basic human needs while living without a home. And also for our friend John, who is not with us, um, and for his increased health. Daughter Sophia. Sophia. All right, please join me in our healing prayer, keeping those people in, in our thoughts. Beloved Mother, Father, God, we ask for the highest and greatest good for all and endeavor to see them through your eyes. Knowing all things in the divine order. Amen. In closing, let's say our prayer of protection together. The light of God surrounds us, the love of God enfolds us, the power of God protects us, the presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is, and all is well. Now, in our center, let's form a circle and join hands. And you folks in Zoom land, we are with you. So join us. 
Feel free to turn on gallery view so then you can see us all singing. And once again, we will do a cappella. So come out over here. Yeah. Oh, I've got friends in the band. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, big today. <laughs> you could have gone around something today. Just about everything else. And Eileen doing the wonderful speaking and enlivening us today. Please stay with us after service if you want to join our fellowship time. We'll have a camera going downstairs so that all of you folks in Zoomland can join us. Uh, next Sunday, we'll be talking to us by Dr. Daria Funches, and she continues to present her series, See the Vision Through in 2022. Thank you all. Talk to you soon. Come downstairs for some food. We got some new food.